What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with another episode of the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother. And today I have the pleasure of sitting down with the uh, New Era Young Lords Deputy Chairman of Connecticut. Ian, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Fred. Uh, glad to be here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very, very well, man. Thank you for taking your time to sit down with me. I really, really appreciate it. You know, I know I reached out to you through, through Instagram and um, very, very quick response. So I really appreciate it. And thank you for, uh, again, just coming down and sitting down with me, man. Not a problem. My pleasure. Uh, so as I, I like to, you know, give everybody a briefing of the show and stuff when we, when we get started is just my whole goal is really by sitting down with different men to really help and guide and educate our, our the younger generation um, and giving them some help and points and stuff and things like that. I feel that um, I've seen a lot of things with, with uh, young men. They don't have positive real mo- uh, male role models in their lives or somebody to look up to. And that kind of leads them down a, a uh, the wrong path, as we should say, and uh, hopefully through having conversations with gentlemen like yourself, we can help educate and really maybe give them somebody to look up to, give an opportunity, maybe some advice or share some life experiences that might touch somebody in a way or help them um, in their path to becoming a man. Absolutely. Uh, so just getting started, as I asked everybody, my very, very first question to you is, um, what do you think are some of the main characteristics or qualities that make up a good man and why? Okay. Um some of those qualities is uh definitely being somebody that that sticks to your word um, a hard worker um, loyalty um and there's so many there's so many different characteristics and i think people show those characteristics in in different ways and 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 it molds people differently but um definitely uh you know having having strong convictions um, having goals, you know, and I, I think we all, we all kind of stray from, you know, getting to our goals. We're all a little, you know, we all uh, tend to procrastinate a little bit, but, uh, you know, staying true to that path and trying to, trying to, you know, complete the, the task that we're trying to, trying to finish. And, um, and for myself, um, trying to give back, you know, we, we all, uh, we all grow up differently. And yeah. we all have different situations that make us who we are. Um, and we all have the opportunities to change. And, uh, so for me, um, this is what I'm doing in my later years. You know, I'm 50 years old. So for me, this is my, my chance to uh, to be a better man and to, and to be that role model now to, the, to a different generation. And it is true. I think I want to touch on two things that you said there. Like, number one, like, as you said, a lot of times we, we all have goals and visions and we may tend to procrastinate or, 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 or fly off track. And I feel that a lot of that comes from fear. I think a, a lot of us may get a little intimidated or, or maybe not even have the support that we need or that encouragement. I know, um, it, it, like, as a good saying, as I always say, is uh, although it's always good to believe in yourself, a little help from others can go a long way. You know, sometimes we're trying to go do something and, you know, we, we may feel like we're doing the right thing and we may even have our own self-doubts. You know, it may not be the outside world's our own self-doubts and having people to to talk to or encourage us to give us that little nudge is is huge. Um, and, and as you also said, too, you know, everybody goes through changes in their life. You know, just because where we started is not where we're going to end up. 
you know, there's another quote that I, that I seen that I think is very, very powerful is that, you know, every demon has a future and every saint has a past, you know, so we, we don't, as long as we, we, we find ourselves and we, we look out there and we continue to strive to do better, we'll ultimately get to do that and then live out our dreams and just be there for each other as well so that we can do that and encourage and, and help boost us up like you're doing now, like you said, now in your later years, um, you know, this is your chance to give back and, I, and that's, I mean, I'm not 50 years old yet. I'm not up there and I'm on my way. But I, like you said, everybody's gone through different things, you know, and, and I've been through, especially these last couple of years, as I've been telling everybody, I've been through a lot of depression, a lot of heartache and a lot of things that really have shaken me to my core um, and really made me evaluate who I am, what I want to be and where I want to go in this life. Um, and that's why I started to do, start doing this journey. You know, I, I don't want people to suffer the same way that I had to suffer and knowing those aches and pains to help them better their way and make it a little bit easier and coming into the future and doing that thing. Um, and, and as you said there, you know, you have a lot of, those are some of the important things for you as for you as well. I know a big thing is people with great morals and, and morals hold a big part in our lives. So for you, what are some of your important morals that you tend to live by or that you hold, hold true to? I just, you know, I mean, one of the biggest ones for me is it's like, really, you have to be somebody that stands by your word. You know, um, so many people will tell you one thing and, and, and do another. So, um, and it's not the easiest thing to do. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's very easy to, to stray from, you know, from your word, but it's a, it, it shows a lot of character for somebody that can, that can stand by what they put out there and, and live it on a daily basis. So um, for me, that's one of the biggest things. And um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm getting better at, at, some of these things as I get older. I wasn't, I wasn't as, uh, I wasn't as good um, at a lot of things when I was a young kid, but you know, those are the things you, you learn as you grow. So I, I'm in a better place. And that's, and that's, a, that's good to say that. I think a lot of people, uh, I said before, one of my friends, you know, we're sitting down and having a conversation. I was going through some of these clips and we talked about like ego and everybody's afraid to either make mistakes or look weak or anything like that. But it's important, like you just said, you know, you've been through a lot, you've made mistakes, and those mistakes help you learn. Um, and it's always great to learn from your mistakes. You know, if you learn from your mistakes, you can't take it as, as a bad thing or look at it as something negative, because you're going to come out better on the other side. Um, and like I was talking to you guys and, stuff, and things is another way is, as everybody says, it's always good to learn from your mistakes, but it's even better to learn from the mistakes of others. So that way you can avoid that pitfall. You don't have to go through that challenge and, you know, learn from somebody else's mistakes so it's not repeated. And you're already ahead of the game. You know what I mean? Well, I, I try to only look at them as mistakes, I guess, if I don't learn from them. Mm -hmm. If I learn from them, it's a lesson. You know, if I don't learn from them, then it's a mistake. And, and you're most likely going to make that same mistake over and over. So. Right, right. So it's important to learn. Um, and going through this, as I said, it's important for us to understand relationships with our with our parents and mainly our father figures I, I, through my whole life I've seen a lot of my friends grow up without their fathers and I understand what that's like and how that helped and hurt them and helped develop them in different ways maybe falling down the same path or looking for somebody else to latch on to because they don't have that male role model in their life uh, so for you what was your relationship with your dad like um definitely uh there's been stages you know there's definitely been stages of uh that relationship um my my parents met when my when my dad 
was coming out of the military, out of the Marines um, in California. Mm. Uh, so he's from the East Coast. I mean, he grew up in the East Coast. He's from Puerto Rico. Um, so I was born in California. I want to say I was seven, seven years old. We moved to Connecticut. And, uh, you know, I, my, my memories as a, as a kid was, uh, you know, before we moved out here, it was a lot of family, you know, the, my dad's family, my mom's family, just always a lot of things going on, be it, you know, trips to the, to the, the river or the lake or whatever. So there was always those family functions. Uh, but I want to say shortly after we moved to Connecticut, maybe a few years later, uh, my parents split up. So it, it kind of changed the dynamic of, of what I was used to. Um, to me, and I think now more than ever, my dad's always been like a superhero. Um, I never, I never quite understood how he, somebody could be so strong. You know, mm. I, I would look at him at times. I'm like physical strength, mental strength. It just, just always amazed me. Um, but I didn't always like him. You know, there was those times that, you know, when my, when um, him and my mother split up that I just wasn't that I didn't understand why they weren't together. It was, you know, the situation, you know, situations were what they were. And um, he was now living a different life. And, and it, it didn't always include me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would get upset, you know, myself I didn't want to be like my dad when I grew up you know and, and as I got older I, I, I found myself becoming more and more like him um good and bad kind of oh, how our relationship was <laughs> but uh, that's tough I mean it's definitely not easy especially going from that you know being so family oriented and having everybody around to having your parents split up um when that when that did happen were you living more with your dad or your mom or or how did that your mom at that point at that point it was just my mom um you know it was uh you know the kind of stereotypical you know the the promises of coming over and doing stuff you know you know things happen sometimes you know there was a disappointment when things didn't happen um so yeah it was like i said it, it it created a lot of bitterness um what I wish it would have created was that learning opportunity at a young age. Mm. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily learn what I should have learned from that. You know, I, I we, um, we tend to, to fall into those bad cycles, you know, of the environment that we grow up in. And, and I did the same, you know, as, as a young adult, um, you know, I have, I have five, five kids of my own, haven't always been the best father. Um, so it, it uh, I'm not saying you, I've had to make up, but the, the living arrangements and the situations um, for me, parenting has been a lot different. Um, so I've, I've always found myself to be, try to be very honest with my kids about anything I've ever done or been through. Because, um, like you said before, being able to learn from somebody else's mistakes um, is 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 a great thing if you can do it. So for me, like that was one of the best things I could share for my kids because I made a lot of mistakes, and um, I, I wanted them 
I didn't want to, I never wanted to hide anything from them. I wanted to be very truthful and honest. I wanted them to be able to come to me with anything um, and know that I was going to be honest with them. Um, and so I've seen, I've seen the ups and downs of my kids from it, but I think um, what I'm most proud of, of my children is uh, out of my five kids, there's actually uh, four different moms and they're all incredible women. And we all have pretty solid relationships. And I think that was probably one of the biggest pluses I took from my dad is him and my mom always maintained a very good relationship. And uh, I've been able to, to do the same with the mothers of my children. And I, I definitely give them credit where credit is due. They've done an incredible job. Um, that on top of me trying to keep them from those pitfalls that, that life throws at you left and right. Mm -hmm. um, they've, they've all grown to be incredible, you know, young adults. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud of my kids. Um, I, I, I sometimes wish I could go back in time and see what they would be like if, if I didn't make the mistakes I made, you know, as, as a young man, as a young father. But um, but I think I'm a proud of where they're at now, so I can't. I guess I can't complain about that. You know, every, everything happens for a reason, um, yeah. and, and it's great that you said that too. You know, you've made those mistakes, so they don't have to. Because I'm sure those mistakes cause you a lot of pain and sorrow, and and we think about those things. Because I, I know I made a mistake, and like I've been through depression and sadness and for all these things for things that I could have avoided if I would have known better. Um, but I'm glad that I know those things because I, at a very early age, I'm able to teach my kids that like one of my one of my biggest things is I know that through my whole life, I was trying to be a, a big people pleaser, you know, try to make everybody happy and putting everybody first. Um, but ultimately, that that does cause me a lot of pain because I'm never fulfilling what I want to do in some cases. You know, so for a very early age, my daughter, my daughter is about to turn six. Um, but one of the number one things that I tell her all the time is, you know, when something happens and she's like, oh, I'm sad or I'm upset. And uh, first thing I tell her is, baby, you are in control of your emotions. Don't let anybody else control how you feel. Don't, don't depend on anybody else to make you happy, to make you sad, to make you any of those things, because it's your choice. And the moment you let other people control your emotions, they control you. You know, they know how to push buttons. They know how to get what they want out of you and really manipulate you. And I want to avoid that for her. So it's a good thing that I made those mistakes in the past so now that she doesn't have to. As I'm sure, like you said, for yourself, that you've made a lot of mistakes now that your kids will never have to go through. And that's thanks to you and, and you having to go through those battles and been through those horrible times so that they won't have so that they don't have to. Uh, but I also want to touch on something that you said, too, about like you said, having, you know, four different uh, baby mothers and stuff. And, you know, I, I commend my parents, too. I'm, I'm one of three for my dad. You know, my sister's the oldest. I got a brother in the middle who has a different mom. And then there's me. Um, but one of the ultimate things that I, I give my parents so much credit is that the amount of respect that they all had for each other. You know, I've never seen my mom curse out or argue or anything with my brother's mother. It was nothing but respect all the time. You know, we would go to Puerto Rico. We would go to the house and, and you know, they weren't the best of friends, but it was respect. You know, she would pick him up. She would have no problem. They would go we would take my brother out or we'll go for days or he'll come for us. You know, for my wedding, my mom paid for my brother to come to see, to come be my best man. You know, and she tells everybody, "That's my, these are my sons. These are my kids. There's no trying to break it down like that. Because one of the things that my mom has always said, and, and I've asked her, 
And and that's one great thing that you said with your kids is always being honest. My mom was always real with me. You know, if I asked her a question, she was straight up. My mom always told me she don't know how to lie. You know, and I and it's clear she really doesn't. You know, so when I've asked her a question, I'm like, hey, mom, you know, what happened? She's like, listen, what happened with your dad and that woman and all that stuff? It's in the past. It happened. But your brother had nothing to do with that. It's not his fault he was born. It's not his fault he's here. So he should never have to suffer. You know, that's among us that we got to deal with it and, and go through that. So she he should never have to suffer. Uh, so leading on to that, my question for you is like having to do with that and all different moms and stuff. How was the relationship or co-parent with all that? How did you guys go about that? Or how did you guys make that better? Or how was that re- overall? Like I said, I, I was I was definitely blessed. Like I said, they're, they're four different but very strong women that, that have just done an incredible job. Um, like I said, you know, my, my, my parents splitting up, I think, and, and the absence of that, that, that family that I was used to as a little kid, I think I was always, I was always looking for another group of people. And it wasn't necessarily the family that was right in front of, which which Mm -hmm. was the name of the whole, the whole situation. But those women, um, are amazing and they've sat down together there's times there's times that they've they've been in the same room and can you know um i i can think of a, at least one time you know coming to visit <laughs> and having one of my sons with me and going to visit uh my two oldest kids with their mom and uh you know her, her my oldest kid's mom saying hey take the kids with you we're gonna sit here and hang out and they just mm. hung out and just at it and had a good time and just because I, I definitely was lucky enough that they understood none of nothing between us was their fault right you know you, you see so many people that blame the wrong person for relationships going bad or for infidelity or any of those things where um it wasn't their fault and mm-hmm. um i i try you know i don't really have any reason to speak badly about it uh, any of them and uh, i can't say the same for them about me you know what i'm saying i've done, I've done the things i've done and, and i get it I, I i deserve my love you know when i get them um but the the great thing is is i find myself i, I can still talk to them you know if, good, if good. need be you know my kids are grown so most of my interaction is with is with his kids um but when there is interaction it's the same thing is still it's still very honest you know if they want to give me you know some grief about something i take it i i i, I take my lumps and, and and swallow my my pride with that because um i i made those decisions and, and i made the situation um the, the situations actually um you know the way they were it wasn't them. so um but like i said my kids were lucky enough that they understand that they they have they have great moms and I think my relationship with my kids is kind of that love-hate relationship as well. You know, there's the times they hate me for not being there when when they wanted me there, not so much when they needed me, but when they, you know, wanted me there because I spent a lot of time back and forth between California and Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And then um, they love me because I'm their father. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they know right, that right. they can always pick up the phone. They can always stop by. They can ask me to, you know, come see them and, you know, if I'm not working, if I'm available, whatever, we can sit down and, and, and have that, those honest conversations about whatever's going on in their lives, my life, or just, you know, what's going on 
many times today. So um, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that doesn't happen. You know, to have multiple, you know, multiple parents and, you know, with children, you, you see where uh, the difficulties with that are, are abundant. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. the name calling, the keeping people away from being able to see their kids and, and just, just all the, the the bad stuff that goes with it. And unfortunately, a lot of it's you know, stereotypical stuff that goes with it too, because they expect a lot of that of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I have nothing but respect for the for those women, and um, and they know that. You know, I when I do get the chance to speak to them, you know, I always let them know. Because you know, I, like I said, I wasn't the person that I needed to be then. Um, I I think now um, I have a different outlook on life, um, and I love the fact that my kids can see me doing something important, something that means something, something that's giving back. Um, I've always done a little bit of this here and there, you know, for like the last 20 or so years, but not at this level of commitment. Mm -hmm. so, so for my kids to see what I'm doing now and for them to be where they're at as young adults, um, it, it just, it, it seems like the natural thing from, from their point of view. You know, a lot of people see stuff and go, oh man, that person's phony. They're only doing it for this reason. They're only doing it for that reason. Um, they get to see that other side of that, you know, like I, I don't, the only thing I get to gain from this is the, the, the feeling of giving back, mm -hmm. you know, to, to the people that we do through, through the organization, through the Prayer Young Lord, and um, the family that I've accumulated within this organization. Um, and I hope someday that, you know, my kids decided that they want to join and be full-fledged members themselves and not just, you know, legacy uh, of the new era. I, I hope someday that they all want to be full-fledged members and continue on side by side, be at whatever chapter, whatever state they're in, and, and, and do the same things that I'm doing now. No, that's important. And them seeing you do all these things and really taking control of your life and seeing you for the person that you are, you know, we may have taking different paths and then things gone awry. I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people too who don't have their fathers in their life like that miss that they need that interaction or they, you know, they always wonder that why me, because society paints that pretty picture, you know, oh, you know, mom, dad, three and a half kids, white picket fence and all that stuff. Like this is the ideal family, what it's supposed to be. Um, but it's not like that for everyone. And not everyone's going to respond to that. Uh, a lot of people have looked at my mom and her situation with my brother and stuff like that. And they looked at her all like weird, like, oh, you don't, why, how could you talk to that woman or all that stuff and trying to like fuel that fire or kind of like create problems. But they didn't let that ever, ever, ever get in between our family. You know, they, we knew what was going on. And, and I'm so glad that my parents showed me a different side. Um, Cause I've seen also too the other side too, of that baby mama drama, as they say, or baby dad drama and, you know, parents bashing each other in front of their kids. It was just, horrible because you're I feel like injecting them with so much negativity at a young age and seeing things that it shouldn't be you know and that's unnecessary the problems you guys have between you guys is your problems and it has nothing to do with the kids um but moving on from that as like you said too I mean like you have your five kids are they very close together or how, how are your kids getting yeah, along and they're close they they um that's another thing you know like I said it's I know it seems odd too with the different moms but um that they stay they stay in close touch um, you know, they see each other when they can. Um, 
you know, they're, they're at the ages, you know, oldest, early thirties, youngest, you know, early twenties, they're, they're kind of spreading out as they're, as they're going their ways in their own paths in adulthood. So, um, but when they are around each other, they, they make sure they, they visit each other. They make sure they stay in touch. Via, you know, Technology is a beautiful thing now. We can stay in touch. Absolutely. Like yeah. So they're, they're able to do that. Um, so even, even when I get to talk to one of them, you know, there's always the conversation. Oh, I, I was talking to, you know, I was talking to Sinise. I was talking to Juan. I was talking to Armando, Javi, you know, Margarita. They, they, they communicate. So that, it's kind of it's kind of it's it's funny it's like a lesson in reverse you know they they learned about family how important family is by the lack of family in their in their household which right. we don't always get as minorities growing up mm-hmm. those those things that that our kids see usually is what keeps us in that cycle you know be it abuse people get in abusive relationships as they grow older you know the, the single parents I and mean, people tended to make those same mistakes and stay in those patterns. But um, like I said, with, with the honesty and the fact that, you know, their mothers are incredible women, they, they've been able to break that cycle and, and, and understand that, you know, they family is different and what they, what family means to them. I also have four grandkids. Oh. <laughs> uh, actually a fifth one on the way so oh congratulations uh, you know and it's, like i said it's just um yeah it's different um yeah i wish i would have learned some of these lessons earlier I, you know I'm, i missed out on a lot um it, it's it's kind of odd to to be looked at as a role model by some people and to feel like an outsider sometimes when you look at you know some of the things your your own kids have done. So um, it, it's it's a it's a hard lesson learned, but um, I take responsibility for my actions. So I mean, this is this is the life I I chose as a young person. So you know what I what I make of it now is, is up to me to to be a better person. No, absolutely. You know, our lives are what we make of it. And as I said you know, in some interviews before, yeah, we we don't have to end up where we started like we said this conversation you know we we learn we grow we develop and and i've learned from my parents mistakes you know they they i guess one of the big things is is, is finance i'm sure that's a lot of us in the latin American community you know our family coming here and really don't understand finances in order to buy that home or leave a legacy for their kids but you know i've seen my parents struggle paying the bills you know there was times i had to go to work and, and help my mom pay the bills as well that other people may not have to go through you know, but I'm glad that I went through those things because it made me responsible, it made me understand how important it was and made me want to grow and learn so I can teach my kids better. And we all have to come through those things and just learn and grow. So, and, and we are, we're going to be, every time we look in the mirror, we're our toughest critic. Nobody out in the world can put us down worse than ourselves because we know our insecurities. We know our flaws. We know the things that we've never told anybody that we got to live with those demons inside that nobody else knows about that we can, we can draw upon and, and, and really beat ourselves with those things. Um, and as you said about, you know, learning different things from from, from commute, from family and, and different things and trying to find that sense of family, um, as as we said at the beginning of the, this interview, you know, you're the, now the deputy chairman of the New Era Young Lords. So just for the people who may not know or understand, you know, who are the New Era Young Lords and, and what do they do? Well, the New Era Young Lords, uh, we are a nonprofit organization, um, basically a humanitarian group. 
Um, a little history, the original Young Lords were formed in the late 60s. Um, some people are a little more aware of them now if you got to see the movie that came out at the beginning of the year, the Black Messiah. Um, there's a portion of the movie where uh, Fred Hampton from the Black Panthers uh, interacts with the Puerto Rican group. That group was the Young, the young Lords. Um, mm. That group became part of the Rainbow Coalition and basically uh, did a lot of similar uh, community uh, activism as, as the Black Panthers. Um, so us as the new era Young Lords, uh, basically we are a new era version of, of the original. Um, we actually are endorsed by the original um, Chicago founding chapter. Um, we uh, have two members of the original Young Lords on our board of directors. Oh, wow. Um, and 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 it's it's a, it's a big deal. So for us, it's 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 incredible to have those members. We and then we have a third member as an advisor to to have those elders, you know, share that wisdom and those experiences, just like we do as as adults to our kids to yeah, keep us yeah. from you know, making those same mistakes. So um, we we focus on community. You know, obviously the the group was originally founded by mostly Puerto Ricans. Um, our group, our, our chapter is very diverse, Connecticut, um, our members, you know, Puerto Rican, Cuban, Dominican, you know, Jamaican, Haitian, you know, it's, it's, it's been a very diverse group of people in our chapter, um, sexual orientation, religion, you know, political following, like we, we really do not, you know, we want everybody to be themselves and we don't judge them, you know, because of that. Um, and one of the common things that we have, like I said, because the, the group was originally founded by a group of Puerto Ricans, is, is the, the self-determination for our people, you know, back in Puerto Rico, as well as the people that are struggling with the same issues that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. So for us, our community is is diverse. You know, the, the person next to me might not look like me, you know, might not sound like me, but this is our community and we and we have the same struggles and what we try to do is we try to make sure that if there's any way we can help out you know be it with um, a food drive a clothing drive um, we have a back to school you know drive coming up um, which was supposed to be tomorrow they got postponed until the 12th of september um even our boots on the ground where we'll go into some of the areas where there might be a larger population of homeless people and just hand out meals, be it a hot or even a cold sandwich and some chips. Um, you know, try to give back to the, these communities where our local government has failed them. And try to make sure that they know that there's there's people out here willing and are doing what the best they can to make sure that they have the resources they need to, to go on day by day. No, that's a beautiful thing. It- and it's important, like, just, like you said, diversity and everybody coming from different backgrounds, because I got a lot, too. You know, my my dad is actually white with green eyes. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so fun because my mom always tell me the story that, like, when I was born, he went to the nursery to go get me and they refused to give him to me. You know what I'm saying? Him, yo, because it's like, wait a minute, hold on. Are you sure? Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I'm so blessed that that I was able to grow up in that situation, because, again, and especially like. You know, in Puerto Rico, we all have, there's all different shades of colors, blonde hair, blue eyes, white, dark, black, everything. 
you know, and, and it's our pride and our, and, our, and, our, and our love for each other and for our country that bring us together. And I think that's a great thing that your group is doing, too, is just bringing all those people together and really showing a sense of community, a sense of, um, you know, union. Because that's one of my big things, like I say to everybody, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, I love you. doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what your past is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're a person. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, so it's a very, very beautiful thing what you guys are doing. That's why I reached out to you and I wanted to talk to you to get some more information and know more about you guys because, um, you know, it was my first time really hearing about you guys. You know, so I've seen that and I was like, you know, this is I want to talk to somebody to find out more um, and get educated, because especially in these times right now with everything that's going on, we need that sense of unity. You know, people are finding any reason to divide ourselves, you know, mass, no mass, vaccinated, unvaccinated, black, white, Puerto Rican, you know, for any little reason to create a divide when we are so much stronger together. You know, if, if we could be together, we, we can no nothing can stop us. You know, so so we're it's, it's united. We're not the minority. Exactly, exactly. That's a very, very good point. Um, so for you, what, what, um, how did you find out about the New Era Young Lords, and how did you get involved? Wow. Um, it was so honestly, I found out about the Young Lords probably about ten, twelve years ago. Um, me being just um, the Panthers were such a big, a big deal to me growing up as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And then stumbling across some information about the Young Lords, like I said 10, 12 years ago, and was like, wow, there was there was a group of people like me. It was I knew there was Puerto Ricans that were part of the Panthers, right? And to find out that there was an organization just like the Panthers that was made up predominantly of Puerto Ricans, I was like, whoa. But not being able to find out this information, like there mm-hmm. was that was it, you know. It was his story and not history. You know, we could, I couldn't find anything. And I want to say it was a little over a year ago, I started to see some stuff getting posted. Um, and it was by our national chairman, Tubi uh, Toro. And I was like, whoa, like, okay, this, I, I know who these people, I know who this group is, but what's going on? And so I started to follow a little bit more. And then um, I reached out to somebody um, in New York that I had met at uh, the 50th anniversary for the Young Lords, which was a couple of years ago. And I wanted to go and get to hear some of the people from the one of the more prominent chapters, which was the New York chapter. I wanted to hear from the original members, you know, their speech, you know. And I reached out to that gentleman and said, hey, what do you know of this this new era, Young Lords? And he was like, I mean, they're, they, they seem pretty righteous. He said, you know, you know check them out. And uh, I was able at that point, uh, at that point, it gets a little fuzzy. I, I think I was talking to Subi, and he directed me to, at the time, the, the deputy chairman of, of Connecticut at the time, which was uh, Carlos, and expressed my interest in, in wanting to, you know, know more and possibly becoming a member. And almost a year to the date, so I want to say September 12th, it was. September 12th was, uh, they did a huge book bag event at the People's Church, and uh, in Harlem, in Spanish Harlem, and um, I went out there to volunteer. And being around the members that showed up from Connecticut and the members that were there in New York, like at that point, I knew that was it. Mm. I was like, this, this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, just to be able to help the community and, and talk to the people, and you know, kids are looking at you. Other adults are like, thank you so much, and you know, the elders were like. 
you know, thank you for carrying on the torch that, you know, we thought had died and just all this, this, this outpour of emotion from the community that it wasn't even my immediate community, but I felt so welcomed. I was like, yeah, I want to take this back, back to Connecticut, you know, which has been my home for so many years and, um, and get back the same way. And, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's been a crazy ride ever since. Oh, that's amazing. And I understand that feeling. I, I love to help people. I, I, so much I've always put everybody before me. Um, but I've always felt like I was here for that reason. You know, I was here to help people to try to, you know, make a difference. Um, I, I tell everybody, my, my biggest fear is being forgotten. You know, we all have one life. I want to go through this life. I want to leave an impact some way, somehow, some form to be remembered, to be carried on. Um, and really pass that torch. So I've been trying to, you know, started this podcast is one of those things to do that. But also, as I always say too, you know, I love helping out people for selfish reasons because it also makes me feel so good. You know, that outpour, you know, feeling that thing and seeing that. Um, you know, one one of my, um, I guess, a real touching story that I thought think of myself now that you mentioned that I was, um, I was gonna go to I was, I was living in Sanford at the time, uh, and I was gonna go to uh, a Wendy's. You know, it was late night or whatever. It was kind of drizzly. It was dark. It was cold. Um, and in, in, in Stanford, I, there was only two Wendy's. There was either one in Greenwich and one in Norwalk. And um, I was like, you know what, where do I want? And they're about the same distance, I don't know, but something told me to go to the one in Norwalk. So I was like, all right, so I was going to the bridge and I'm getting ready to transfer the highway. And I see this lady, you know, walking down, holding a baby in her hands in the rain. And, um, you know, I immediately pulled over. Like, I mean, like, I, I, I just, I knew like I had to be there for a reason. You know what I mean? So I pulled over and I'm like, you know, what's going on or whatever. And she was like, you know, my car got a flat and, and I don't know how to change a tire and I'm here with the baby and I don't know what to do. And and it was funny because as I was turning, I seen a cop like leaving that area. And I'm like, so what did the officer say to you? She's like, oh, well, if he told me if I didn't move my car in 24 hours, I was going to get towed. So I'm like, you see a woman with a baby in the rain and that's your answer. Um, and even more of these things, like, again, to keep telling me that it was my purpose, because she had the exact same car it was a Toyota Camry. Um, was like 97 too. It was the exact same car, like different colors. Um, and I asked, I was like, you, you know, do you know where your spare is? So she's like, I have no idea about this car, you know? So I luckily again, because I knew where it was, I was like, you know what? Just get in my car, go wait. I'll change the tire for you. I got it. You know, so I'm out there in my pajamas in the middle of the rain, changing this lady's tire and stuff. And, um, you know, I sent her on her way and she was so happy. And I mean, you can just see how, you know, the, grateful she was and you know, she was she was assistant she gave me like some money to buy something she's like it's on me and um and I drive off and the person I was at the time was, tells me you know I actually remember that lady you know she had a really bad drug problem and she was going through this and that or whatever but she's turned her life around and you know I was so touched that I was able to help that person you know and, and I know for myself like I, she's never gonna forget who I am and I'm never gonna forget her because you know she was in a time of me and I think for everyone, especially for men, I think one of the biggest things that they say is a man will never forget who's there for them when they're when they're down, you know, and they're really grateful and hold that attachment because we're supposed to be seen as super strong, emotionless, you know, machines that just go 24-7. And we're not supposed to have emotion. We're not supposed to break. We're not supposed to be tired. We're not supposed to be any of those things, um, you know, so we try to put on a, fa- a facade a lot of the times, you know, when all we need is somebody to reach out and say, hey, how you doing, man? I got you back. And that goes a long, long way, you know? Uh, so, so for you and, and in this whole organization with the new Era young lords and stuff um, now, as it's, as you said, you started what, like a year ago or now, if I'm not mistaken, you, 
I, I my first event with them was September 12th of last year. Um, the organization um, is a little over years old in general. And uh, as of right now, um, Connecticut is the first chapter. And there's New York and Florida. We also have uh, Rhode Island, Ohio, Chicago, and starting a chapter in Pennsylvania. Wow, so definitely spreading out there. I got a lot of family in Ohio. <laughs> it's been a lot there. You know what? Um, I actually got to had the pleasure of going out and um, getting to meet the, the members in Ohio for their debut event. Incredible people. And um, I can honestly say that that's been the biggest thing about recruiting all of um, we we all find a way to communicate with each other, um, and that's. You know, we hold our meetings, our council meetings, our state meetings. Um, so we all communicate with each other, but it's it's becoming a huge family. Every chapter that that opens, it's, the family grows because we we have all these these members, men and women. You know, some younger, some older, but all with that same common goal. You know, to want to give back and you know help our communities in in all these different ways that that are needed. So greatly, and it 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 fuels us. You know, like I I can honestly say that like every time I see something from one of the other chapters, um, I get excited. Like it 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 puts it puts a smile on my face as if I was there, you know, right alongside them. So it it's been a huge um, a huge part of my life. It's changed. It I think it's taken a lot of the the, the selfish part of me away um, because of these people and um, I'm very thankful you know, from from the members I've known from the, the moment I joined to the members I, I've just met that just started a new chapter last month it's, it's been amazing no that's awesome and then you said your first event was so almost a year coming up like your first event September 12th like you said so from, from, again, trying to find out who the new area younglers were, what they were about, going to your first event, to now becoming a deputy chairman. How did that happen? How was that journey take place? Oh, man. It was, uh, yeah, like I said, it's been a roller coaster. Um, it, the, the chairman at the time, the, the, the deputy chairman at the time and our national chairman, um, you know, kind of talked. They both got to meet me that day of the event. At the people's church, and we're like, "Yo, all right, this, yeah, we definitely want this guy to to, to be somebody in the organization." Um, um, our national chairman wanted me to hold one position. The, the the deputy chairman at that time wanted me to have a different position, um, and I became his number two. So they were grooming you from day one. For, from from day one, I think it was just the perfect fit, you know. Um, it's just one of those things when you meet certain people and you know some of them you can just tell right away like this is this is the person I want you know helping me side by side and and um, I was very honored like I was didn't expect it you know was like um, knew it was going to be a lot of responsibility didn't know how much responsibility it was going to be um, like I said in this year has been it's been crazy. Um, up until I think we're going on a couple months now. Um, we uh, we basically split the the Connecticut chapter. Um, 
we needed some help in New York with the Connecticut chapter because half of our chapter is in that Greenwich area mm-hmm. and it was easier for them to go to New York um, and our deputy chairman at the time took over um, the, the New York chapter and I stepped up into his position you know to assume the responsibilities um, it, it's, it's been crazy but we even the people guys we have councils each state has each each chapter has a council, but even besides the fact that, that there's that structure, um, there's that respect for every member. Um, everybody comes from a different background, different education, you know, different work ethic, um, different ideas. So we, we have that respect for each other that, you know, we listen to each other. You know, like I said, it's a family. So, you know, there's times that we bicker and then there's times that, you know, you know, I, I I love you unconditionally no matter what, but sometimes right. we're closer and sometimes we're not. So um, it's just been great because, you know, everybody, we tried to stress that to be as comfortable with, you know, speaking and giving ideas and, and expressing themselves because it, it takes everybody to do what we do. Um, anytime we try to do something with the, you know, if I was to try to take on, most of the duties and myself, we, we, we wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> you know, it's like, I got a, I got a full-time job. When I started with the organization, I was working two jobs. You know, I was working my full-time, my part-time, you know, making shirts on the side and, you know, and then I jumped into this. So I'm down to one full-time job, still making my shirts on the side, you know, and, and now I'm assuming you know, the position I have, you know, with the organization now. Um, but it's so much easier now, and and that's that's been the thing. Yeah, and and it was. It's important, like you said, everybody to be themselves. Um, that's one of my things too. Is is I've always felt um, for for a long time growing up that it was it was wrong to be me because uh, I always got a lot picked on. You know, I was either being picked on for the fat kid or or for for uh, whatever reason. You know, I uh, did a lot of singing, so there would be. People would make fun of me for that and, and, and all sorts of things. So it really made me kind of clam up um, and be scared to speak my mind or really be myself. Um, and, and that's a lot of common things that I've been seeing doing these interviews with people. The same thing everybody's been saying is, is everybody needs to be themselves. You know, we're all here for a reason, you know, and we only can find out what that reason is, is if we live and we be true to ourselves and who we are and what we feel. Um, so that's what I do for my kids too. My daughter and, you know, my son is too, but with my daughter now, she understands that, you know, I try to tell her to be an individual. You know, I try to encourage her in what she likes to do and her feelings and feel that because I don't want her to be afraid or be ashamed of the person that she is because there's nothing wrong with that. And you can see that too firsthand in, in, in your organization is that not one person is going to have the answer. That's the whole point of bringing everybody together and having different views, different opinions and stuff like that, seeing things from different angles. Because as we said, you know, we are stronger as one. You know, we all get together, we share, communicate, you know, and, and share ideas. We can find the answer. Somebody amongst that group will have the answer. You know, and just being themselves and being true is so, so important. Um, so for you, now that you're, you know, being in the organization now going on for like a year, uh, what have you learned about life that you can take away so far from being in this organization? Man, um, definitely. I mean, like I said, missing that family, that family bond as a kid, and and now having this new extended family, 
um, definitely, you know, having a strong family bond, um, having a sense of who you are, where you came from, um, that education of where you came from, um, unselfishness. It's, it's just so many things, um, at this stage of my life, it's, it's crazy to have, to have made lifelong friends now that I feel like I've known for, for so long. Um, and with the organization, you know, always stressing it's especially like me, I always, I always like to say it's, it's a we thing. Mm -hmm. It's never a me thing. It's, I'm not doing this on my own. You know, none, none of us are doing this. This is a we. And, and like I said, we, sometimes we consist of other groups because we do a lot of work with other organizations. We get, you know, a lot of organizations will reach out to us and ask us for assistance or, you know, somebody gives us a contact to somebody that's doing something and, and we, you know, meet up and want to do things together. Um, it takes all kinds to, to do what we're doing. And it's, it's going to take, it's going to continue to take that to get things better for us and, and this society. Um, things have changed a lot. I mean, I, I remember the stories from my parents of how they saw racism from the, you know, the sixties. Mm. And then I know my opinion of like my peak that late eighties, you know, especially that hip hop culture and the racism with the, the Afrocentric movement and, the, you know, and the, the fight for power, you know, type of, you know, attitudes. I know my point of view of racism from that to my kids point of view on racism where we're at today with the Black Lives Matter and it's pretty much still the same the unfortunate I mean and that's extremely unfortunate the things that have changed from my point of view of this now is you can't hide it yeah it used to be hidden you know the you only knew about the things that the media wanted to tell you. But now we're all reporters. We all walk around with a camera in our in our back pocket. Mm -hmm. So the, the social injustices that happen on a daily basis get reported on a daily basis and get put out there to the masses. And and so I remember my oldest son, you know, now dad, it's not that bad anymore. I don't know, you know what are you talking about? This was probably about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And, you know, we all have that talk with our kids, that, that talk that we wish we never had to have, but we have. Oh, yeah. And um, he was staying with me in California, and I remember him coming home and him just giving me that look. And I looked at him, and he was like, yeah, you're right. And I knew. I knew something had happened. But he didn't have to explain it to me. He gave me that look. And at that point, I knew that he, he realized that things are different. And, and the stories that we tell aren't, aren't just to sensationalize things, but, you know, we, we put those things out there to help people in their journey. So for us in this organization, that's, that's another, another thing. We're trying to do programs to, to help people who want to. We're trying to put together turnaround programs to get people that are coming out of incarceration to get back into society and be successful and, and be accepted. You know, we, we want to try to put together programs to teach young.
young kids how to be entrepreneurs and and learn how to develop you know their own income without being dependent on somebody else at, a, mm. at an earlier age you know as far as you know our food programs and, and other things that we're working on and it's it's a lot of work and it's just none of it's new i, I keep going back to the young lords did it in the past the panthers did it in the past you know there's always been somebody trying to do this but i think with with social media and where we are today we have an opportunity to let people know that there are these groups out there they we have a, a way of letting people know without them being able to hide it from everybody right right in the past you know the media the government whatever could keep keep all this under wraps and hidden ban movies ban certain you know literature and you would never find out about about this information make sure only certain things got taught in school we we are a different day and age where we can force our own you know our own destiny upon people you know through social media and use properly right right people abuse it um definitely for myself and I know the members of our organization, um, we're not about, it's not about the likes and the views and rushing to be the first one to post something. It's, it's trying to make sure the stuff that we're putting out is true. It's the stuff that, it's the stuff that people have been looking for, the information that people are wanting to know about and, and educating with that because that's what's going to make us stronger. Because if you if you google certain things you're not going to find the stuff you're looking for unfortunately. right right so we've been lucky enough for like our um our national chairman man his mental archive is crazy you know the stuff that the knowledge that he's attained and i think that that's kind of excited so many of us to want to become members um and then upon starting the organization he's been given access to archives from the original Young Lords and different chapters, um, be it the original members in Chicago or uh, one of the groups in Pennsylvania or some of the information from one of the groups, you know, the members in New York, that none of us knew even existed. And and every time he, he sends us a video personally or posts it to our group page, you know, we all kind of like, like little kids want to go open up and you know what what jewel is he showing us now and um it's crazy and even if people don't want to become members um that information is we're probably going to shed the light on some stuff for you and, and maybe answer some questions that uh you never thought were going to be answered so and uh, it's surprising. We always got to learn from, from those who came before us. You know, I love sitting down and talking with, with, with you know, older people because they've been through things and experiences that I've, that I've never known. Um, and it's touched on a few things, like you said, it, it's like with the whole racism thing. Like for me, it was, I, I didn't understand it at all because again, my mom's black, my dad's white, you know, so I've never really seen the whole separation of color until I went to school. You know, and I started seeing all these other people and people, you know, I draw pictures of my dad or bring them in and like, that's your dad. I'm like, yeah, what's the problem? I don't, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? You know, I'm being so oblivious to it. And that's one of the things that I think I've, I, why, I, why I've linked so, so much because Martin Luther King was my 
it is my idol growing up. You know, I, when I've learned about all that and seen all the injustice, it hurt me in a way like I was just people really did that, you know, and, and really not knowing what that was like. And, um, you know, and it, it's kind of hidden and, and people know how to hide it more as you grow up. Um, and you see these things. And, and I remember one time I, I went to um, to this bodega by my house and um, and I walked in and the lady behind the counter, she yells at the guy in the back in Spanish. You know, I was like, oh, watch this black kid. He's probably going to steal something. And, um, and I didn't say anything. Like, I'm just looking at it like, wow. You know, so I was like, all right, whatever. So I was go- normally going in for my chips and my drinks. Same thing every time. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to walk around and see what happens because it's one of my first times experience something like this. And I see the dude, like, you know, sweeping the store behind me and going up and down the aisles and stuff. And then I get to the register and I start asking stuff from behind the counter in Spanish. And the lady turns so red, so red. And I just left it at that. I was going to correct myself at that or anything, but just like, just, just let you know, like, you don't know what you don't know. You know, don't judge people or anything like that for their cover. Um, and I, and I seen even as I got older, I seen that again, like it was really, really out there. I, I was working in, in old Greenwich. And and from day one, man, I was like, I just, I know I'm not, it's not the right place for me to work, you know, just because of what I look like and what that community is. So they're in their own little bubble, you know, and, um, and I remember one time walking to, um, I was walking through the store or whatever, and uh, I was the general uh, assistant manager for the supermarket. And I'm walking through the store and this lady was on the phone with her husband on speakerphone. And as I was turning around a corner, um, you know, her husband was arguing. I guess something happened at work. And he said, uh, you know, I can't believe they gave the job to that damn nigger. And, da, da, da. and she just like took it off speaking. was like, and I'm like, it was crazy that it, it, it's, it's tw- it was like 2019. I'm like, we're in 2019 and people are still doing this. And that's the, that's the, the gift and the curse of social media is that now, like Will Smith said, it's not getting worse. It's just getting filmed. You know what I mean? Like it didn't get any better at all. You know, it's just it's just getting filmed. I was really getting people to 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 show their true colors and 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 you know what's out there. So it's important, like like this group and and people like you guys to to really create that unity and show. You know, just because we may not look alike, we may not have the same religious beliefs, sexual orientation, or whatever, we can still get along. We're people. We can love each other. We can help each other out. We can lift each other up and still show and prove everybody wrong we can make a change we just got to show the people how to do it you know and i think what the what, what you guys as the new young learners are doing is, is a beautiful thing and and it's so important that we need more organizations like this you guys need more exposure and, and need to be more seen because as you said a lot of people they want they don't want this to be seen because it's going to take away their power you know that, that's 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 giving somebody else a voice and they don't want that so I want you guys to to go out there and really, really expand and, and share the love. So if anybody's like interested or listen to this and stuff like that, how would one learn more about you guys in New Area Language or how to get involved or how to become a member? How do they go through that process? Well, the easiest way is um, each of the chapters has, has different social media. But um, the easiest way, go on Instagram and literally type in Young Errors, you know, New Era Young Lords and whatever chapter it's closest to you, they're all going to pop up there. You're going to see the Connecticut, you're going to see Florida, Rhode Island, Ohio, New York. Pick whichever chapter closest to you. You'll also see just a, a new era young lawyer page. You can click on that. Instant message. Um, that's our national chairman who runs that page. Um, he'll let you, if we let you know if we've got a chapter in the works, you know, developing for that area. Um, we're also 
in some cases, it's not even about membership. Sometimes people just want to volunteer. And, and that's another thing where we're trying to let people know too. I understand not everybody's got uh, the time to put in the commitment. It is, it is time consuming. Like this, is, this is not a couple hour a week hobby. You know, this is, this is every day. You know, I, I'm in meetings, you know, a few times a week. You know, we're, we're constantly discussing you know, different ways of fundraising, trying to get a, you know, headquarters or, or what have you. So it, this is very time consuming. So for somebody that just wants to say, hey, how can I just get back? Hey, if you'd like to be a member, absolutely. You know, if you, we'll, we'll put you on an email list and, and we'll give you, a, we'll, we'll send you an email when we've got an event coming out. If you can make it, give us a hand, be it passing out food or gathering supplies, whatever, more than welcome to come out and help us. Um, it, it takes all types and to, to get everything accomplished on a daily basis. So the, the more the merrier, be it a full commitment or just a part-time. So like I said, go on Instagram, type in New Era Young Lords, get the chapter closest to you, instant message in one of those chapters. Um, usually the, the deputy chairman or whoever else is running that page for that chapter will reach out to you and give you whatever information you need to know, be it about local events, working together, membership or volunteer or being a volunteer. Yeah, no, and, and I and I'll, I'll I'll attest to that. I mean I I messaged you and in almost immediately I got a response, you know, and we were able to set this interview up and, and really so people who are interested in stuff like that don't don't hesitate. Um, you know, you guys seem very, very responsive and it's a beautiful thing that you guys are going through. I've seen some of the pictures of some of the ventures that you go that you guys did and it really, really warmed my heart. And that's really again why I wanted to speak with you and find out more information for myself. You know, I love giving back to the community and now I have a new outlet on how to do that and building a relationship with you guys to be able to do that and find different ways that we can help grow our community because ultimately for me, man, I had definitely just remember from a young age and stuff, like for myself, I just wanted to to build communities to, to give back, you know, help the homeless, help the needy. You know, I've seen my mom and, and, you know, give to the people in New York and stuff like that who are begging and trying to, you know, just do better for themselves and, and always understand. She always let me know, you know, that could be us one day. You never know, you know, better than nobody else. Life happens to everybody, you know, and just because they're going through a hard time now, doesn't mean that they can't get better. And doesn't mean that we shouldn't help, you know, so it, it's very noble what you guys are doing. So I appreciate you guys and, and everything that you do. And, Hopefully this gets out there and you guys get some more volunteers, some more members to really continue to grow. Um, so as we're winding down, man, I got just two last questions for you. Um, so ultimately, like I said, we're really trying to educate and, and trying to give back to the younger generation. So for you and your life experience, and everything that you've been through, what has been the best advice you have ever received? Never give up. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's easy to give up. and and you know, anything worth doing is, is actually worth fighting for. You know, if, if, it, if it comes too easy, it's, it's probably for a reason. You know what I'm saying? If you got to fight for it, you're going you're gonna to appreciate it more. And just, um, just you got that dream, you got a goal, just keep moving, keep busy, find a way to keep moving forward. You, know, you get knocked down, you get back up. I mean, it's just, uh, that's life. Um, don't let it get to you. It's just, like I said, it's, it's easy to get down on yourself and be like, ah, I can't do this. I'm giving up. It shows a lot more character in a, in a human being. You know, not just a man or a woman, but just a human being to be able to get back up and keep moving forward. Um, just 
yeah, I just never give up, man. No, that's 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 deep. A lot of people won't see things as, as obstacles. I was I've been listening to a lot of, I guess you don't want to say like self help books or really just you know, self improvement to understand a lot of things. And one of the things that I came across recently um, that said when when you when you hit a brick wall, it's not a deterrent. It's just to test you on how bad you want it. You know, if you really want it that bad, like Will Smith also said, you know, the greatest things in life are located on the other side of fear, on the other side of that struggle. You know, once you get there, you can, and that pain helps you appreciate that so much more. You know, once you finally achieve those goals or when you know that you didn't give up and you're able to accomplish what you wanted to at the beginning, there's no greater feeling in the world. You know, you just really, really can give it up to yourself and know that I didn't give up, I didn't surrender, and I accomplished what I wanted to do. So it's very, very important. Like you said, never give up. Um, so, so for you now that you went through experiences and stuff like that and, and you know, lived your life and, and still continue to do great things, looking at the younger generation, what would be some of, what would be some advice you would give to them? There's, there's, I mean, honestly, there's something out there for all of us, you know, um, be yourself, um, be comfortable with being yourself. Um, don't let you know, being different stop you from from you know being who you really are. You see that happen too much nowadays. People, uh, it, it keeps you from being yourself, and it takes you a long time if you ever get the chance to recover from that. You know, some people find out later in life that this is who I really am. Be yourself now, and and learn how to grow into that person. Don't have to find out. You know, 20, 30 years later, that this is who you really are because you've been hiding behind whatever. If you're you're Republican and you live with Democrats, be a Republican. If you know what I'm saying. If you're, mm-hmm. if, you know, like one of my daughters, you know, you, you get these kids that go through the God stage and people make fun of you because everybody in the house listens to this type of music. You listen to listen to what you want to listen to. You know, if if you know your your sexual orientation is different from everybody, be yourself. That's funny. I use the Republican thing just because you know I'm not a Republican, but <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, but just be yourself and don't be afraid to do that. Like people are people want to please other people. I think you said that earlier. It's 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 a uh, it's easy to please other people to, to be accepted. Be yourself. Let them make them accept you for who you are, and and you're gonna be a lot happier. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so. It's sad to see a lot of people kind of be afraid and stand back from that because, as, as I said earlier, you know, we're all meant here for a reason. We're not, it's not a cookie cutter approach. Everybody has different uniqueness, different, different attributes, different abilities, you know, different ways of thinking. And that's okay. It's important to use that as much as you can and, and express that. And that's one of the other beautiful things about social media nowadays is that with a couple of clicks, you can find a whole group of people who are just like you. You know, and you can dive into that community. You can go in there and get involved. You may not be, you know, next door neighbors. You may be in across the world, but, you know, through Zoom and through these meetings stuff like that, you can find a group of people who are like you, who would help you grow and continue to be the person that you want to be. And it's because your current situation, your current environment may not appreciate you or accept you for who you are. It doesn't mean you have to to change or to adapt. Um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite rappers, Tupac, he, he said, you know, be that rose that grows that grows from the concrete. You know, do that. Be something beautiful. It doesn't matter. You know, just just be true to yourself, 
And that's the only way you're truly going to be happy. Because if you're trying to please other people and trying to put up things like that, you will never, never find happiness and you'll just lead to, and I speak from experience, a whole lot of depression and a whole lot of anxiety that will terrorize you for a very, very long time until you learn to be comfortable with who you are. And when you're finally able to do that, your life will be so, so much better. So I preach that. I preach that, especially to my daughter. I let her listen to whatever kind of music she wants to do. Will she dance, jump, play, say what she wants to say and really be herself? And I encourage that because once she gets older, the world is going to try to take that away from her. And, and I want to know from a young age now to just stay true to who you are. So I appreciate you giving that advice, man. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. No, absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much for sitting in here and spending time with me um, and really having this conversation. I think you, you gave a lot, a lot of important information. And, and to everybody out there, as I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody. <laughs>